Again, I hope you'll uh, hope you'll pray for me this morning. Pray for one another, and uh, the Lord would bless us during this time here. And so, uh, you know, there's uh, some things that I want to I want to touch on, I guess, this morning. Think about have us have us to think about, uh, and it, and some of this uh, kind of peels back to some things that we talked about uh, back several months ago uh, when we were kind of preaching through a series of, of sermons on the kingdom of God. Uh, but, boy, this is like uh, strange, right? So anyway, so, so I want to ask you, this, ask you this morning because I want you to get engaged. I hope you're engaged every time that you're, uh, that you're here. Uh, and by engaged, I mean focused on being here, on, uh, on the message and on the, the reason why we're here. And so, you know, if I asked you this morning, why are you here? And what and what did and what did you hope to get uh, by coming here? And what and what do you hope to give while you're here? And I'm not talking about your money. Uh, what are you What are you hoping to give while you're here? Uh, are you here to to give of of the Lord your worship and your time? Uh, are you here to learn of Him? Why are we here? And uh, and and is this maybe? And I hope you know. Uh, even even if my efforts are poor, I hope this this uh, this hour and the time that you're here this morning, this afternoon, whatever it might be, Wednesday night. I hope that it's the most important time of the week for you, because the Lord commands us to gather together to worship Him, uh, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, uh, and to uh, and to gather together to. Lift our hearts and minds to Him. So Jesus Christ came preaching about the kingdom uh, and telling us that the kingdom was here. Uh, you know the, that He was uh, 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 that He was coming preaching the kingdom of God, and then He sent His disciples out to preach the kingdom of God. Uh, as we talked about back over several months ago, if we go if we go and look at it, uh, the Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, uh, but Love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Uh, so the kingdom of God is different from the kingdoms of this world. We read over in the book of Revelation that there's coming a day when the kingdoms of this world will be made the kingdoms of God. Uh, but as we think about while we're while we're here, uh, the kingdoms of this uh, the kingdoms of this world are not uh, are, uh, are are different, and the rules are different. Uh, from the from the rules that we operate under in the kingdom of God. So, if we're to be uh, pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, brother Charles, what does that mean? <laughs> what, what does it mean we're to be pressing toward the mark of the calling of God uh, 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 in Christ Jesus? What does that mean? Well, that means that uh, you and I, as we live here, there's a standard out there. There's a there's a, a mark, if you will. That we're to be pushing ourselves toward, and so uh, it, as we, as I was reading this this past week, you know, and you can and all this, you know, you can do do all the sports analogies or whatever, uh, but you know, each and every one of us, uh, brother Brody's in school, uh, you know, if if he and he's been playing tennis, 
Yeah, uh, you know. So, so if he wanted to, if he wanted to go back, I don't even know. I probably this is like old hands, so he'll have to pull out some of the, you know, the the new guys or whatever. But you know, if if you wanted to go back in the old days, you'd pull out somebody like John McEnroe or somebody like that and say, "Man, now there's the mark." You know, that is that is the ace tennis player. And so, if I want to be a great tennis player, then I need to press toward doing things like he does, maybe, or learn how to make the make the hits like he does. If we're going to press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, we got to we got the mark is Jesus Christ Himself, and so so we've got to we've got a mark out there that we're to press toward. Now I understand, and the Bible plainly teaches you and I are not going to become become as good as Him because He was without sin. That's the reason He was our Savior, <laughs> uh, because He was that perfect Lamb of God that was without sin. But all of us have that mark that we're supposed to be pressing toward while we live here in this world. And the Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is totally different uh, than, uh, than, the, than the kingdom of kingdoms of men. Uh, you know, today if we look at, you know, just look at our president, our presidential elections and all the things that are going on, you know, the, the, more, uh, the more arrogant, the more aloof, uh, the, uh, the more money, uh, the more you uh, work at uh, backstabbing other people or whatever, trying to undermine the lives of other folks, you know, probably the better off you're going to be in the kingdoms of this world. Uh, whether it's uh, pol- political political worlds of our country, uh, but then the, there's kind of another kingdom, you know, that y'all probably don't you probably don't want to admit uh, too much. But each one of you have your own little kingdom, uh, and you set you set up the rules to how that kingdom works, uh, and you let you let the people in that you want to let into your kingdom. Uh, and you decide how things are going. You know, even even uh, even these little children here have their own little kingdom, uh, and you can see how it, how it works in their mind. Because just tell them no about something they want to do, uh, and they don't like that at all. So they kind of establish their own little kingdom. They have their own little bedroom, uh, which is their part of their kingdom, and they they set the rules and so forth for how things are done and. Uh, when it comes to playtime, they want to tell you how things are going to be done. They begin to establish their own little kingdom at a very early age, uh, and and as we try to as we try to mold them, correct them, so that they learn to live in our kingdom, uh, the world that we would like. They don't always like that, uh, you know. And as uh, God continues to try to mold you and develop you and work you, sometimes you resist uh, how God would have you to be and how He would desire you to be. In his kingdom, because he wants to see you living more in his kingdom than you're living in the kingdoms of this world. He told us, and we talked about this again several months ago, the Bible tells us that uh, uh, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Uh, but once you've been born again, you can see the kingdom. You know what God has and what he's done for you. And when I'm talking about uh, his kingdom, I'm not talking about just being in glory with him one of these days. He's got a kingdom that makes up all kindred nations and tongues of this world. And the Bible tells us that the only way that we can enter in is except you be converted and become a, as a little child and humble yourself, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God.
Uh, so there, there's some rules that you have to follow that he wants us to live by. And, and uh, where the kingdoms of this world operate on pride and arrogance uh, and self-love, the, the principles of God's kingdom operate on humility and, uh, and submitting yourselves to his rule, to his authority, and following after those. The, the Bible plainly tells us, and in fact, some of, maybe some of the paradoxes, if you want to call it that, uh, if you think about how the king, kingdom of God operates versus how the kingdoms of this world operate, even your kingdom, and how you, and how you operate maybe in your kingdom uh, in this world. Now, I, do, I know they intersect. And I hope they intersect more and more and more uh, so that uh, the kingdom you live in is his kingdom. But the Bible tells us we turn over. I want to turn over just a little bit and, and think about a few things to show you how much differently things are in his kingdom when we're actually operating by his rules and living by his, uh, his standards. Just how different it really is. Let's turn over. Uh, let's turn over first of all to the book of uh, the book of James, and uh, we'll look at a portion of scripture that we find find there. Uh, so here in uh, James chapter four, he begins to talk about uh, you know some of the problems that they some of the problems that they are having, and uh, and so we're all we're trying to think about. Being in pride and being lifted up, and and, and whether whether any of you want to admit it or not, probably there's times when one of the things we one of the things we love the most is when men begin to praise us, and other other people uh, talk about how good we've done and how good we've been and so forth. And people like to be that's the reason people like you know. Of course, there's other reasons you know, but uh, everybody's got the awards they want to give out and the things, the banners, the stickers, the trophies, all that you know. It's because it talks about excellence and how you've done things. Listen, what excellence looks like here in the Word of God. He tells us here that uh, uh, talking about among uh, the church folks and among uh, God's people, he says, "From whence come wars and fightings among you?" Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? You lust and have not, you kill and desire to have, and you cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. They're, they're striving to get things by themselves. He says, what you need to do is learn how to ask for things from the one that has everything. The Bible, tell, the Bible tells us that he has, he has everything, uh, that everything belongs to him. I'll put it that way. He says, you ask, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. So he says, when you do ask, a lot of times you ask for the wrong reasons. Uh, you know, our prayers are not molded after the things that they should be molded after uh, according to God's word. And we could go back over, uh, you know, if you want to call it the model prayer, the uh, the Lord's prayer, whatever you want to call it. I, it's not, doesn't bother me too bad. Just just uh, use that as an example of how we're to pray. Uh, and, and our prayer is, uh, 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 my God, uh, uh, you know, our, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Praise Him. Start part of your prayer by saying, uh, Lord, uh, uh, hallowed is your name. Praised is your name. Uh, and, and so forth. So we've learned how to pray the right way. And he says, you have not. Uh, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. First of all, you don't ask for the things you do should. And you, the things you ask for, you ask so that it may be consumed upon your desires, your lust, and your uh, things that want, you want. And he says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. Uh, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. You know, I don't think he was saying there, uh, adulterers and adulteresses. I don't think he was saying they were all out running around on their husbands and wives. I think what he was saying is you're all out running around on me. That's the reason you're adulterers and adulteresses. Uh, I'm, I'm, your, I'm your bridegroom. I'm I'm the one that you're to be faithful to. Isn't that what marriage is? Sometimes marriage is about being faithful to each other. Uh, we're married to Him. We're to be faithful to Him. So He says, "You adulterers, adulteresses, you not uh, know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God." Listen to who your who your friends are and what your friends look like. You're make, you're making friends with the world, and He says, "Don't you know the world is my enemy?" Oh, you know, now you want to talk about a paradox. <laughs> Paradoxes of the kingdom. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You're, uh, you're in the world, but not of the world. Now, you've got to start dividing all the worlds out, right? <laughs> right? But he, says, uh, but he says here, You adulterers, adulterers, know you not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. <laughs> Whosoever therefore will be the friend of the world is the enemy of God. So, uh, and I think he's talking about the kingdoms of this world, the things of this world, the lust of this world, uh, and desire and being more friends with them than being friends with him. Okay, uh, but he says uh, says this. Do you think that Scripture saith in vain the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? You know, the, the, he's not talking about the Spirit of God. I don't think that's that's within us. But he's talking about the Spirit of the man that that is within us lusts and desires and envies and carries and carries on. He says, "You think the Scripture says this in vain?" But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, "God resisteth the proud." But giveth grace to the humble. Now here, here is the here is the one of the principles of the kingdom that I think we need to get, one of the things we need to get our hands around, right? And that is, and, and, and it all goes on if if we can show this this morning as we look at some of these things that the way you uh, the way you impress God and the way that you uh, find favor with him is not by going around and saying hey look at who I am and look at what I've done uh, the way you impress him is by humbling yourself before him uh, uh, if we turn back over and uh, maybe I will uh, if we turn back over to the fifth chapter of the uh, of the uh, book of Matthew and we think about the things that Jesus said there in that sermon on the mount um, and he and he makes some comments like this um, and uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What kind of people? He didn't say uh, the people that would really enjoy things in God's kingdom would be those that are proud and arrogant and boastful and, hey, look at me and look at what I've done. Uh, but he says, those that are poor in spirit, humble. He says, uh, the blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom. 
They've got the keys. They understand how things operate in the kingdom. And you know what? Uh, it's an attitude and a spirit about us that says, you know what? I'm, and, and, and preachers have to watch out for this as much as anybody. You know what? Uh, is, to, is to remember, you know who I am? I'm nobody. I'm just like each and every one of you. God has blessed me with a gift, blessed me with some understanding, blessed me with some desire to study His Word. But above that, I'm, I'm just like each and every one of you. And so there's a, there's a, there's a pride that has to be put away. It's not, stance, you know, I'm standing up here, boy, you better all look, you know. I need to remember, I need to have the right spirit. I need to not only have the right teaching spirit, but the right learning spirit myself while I'm, while I'm uh, standing before God's people. Blessed are, the, are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit, inherit the earth. Uh, uh, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So you can go on and read all of, the, all of these things there in Matthew chapter 5. But he, blessed are the poor in spirit. So let's back to James chapter 4. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Uh, you know, we want, we want God's blessings in our life. We want God's uh, uh, favor in our life. And I think that's part of what grace is. You know, we always talk about unmerited favor. Well, it's something you didn't deserve or didn't earn. But if you want more grace in your life, if you want more of God's blessing in your life, he's, he's telling you what you do is you humble yourself before him. Uh, so he says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. What does it mean to submit yourself? You know, if, you, if you're filling out an application for something, you fill it out and you submit it to the, to the authority, right? So we're to submit ourselves to him. Submit our, our persons to him, our bodies to him, our tongues to him, our eyes to him, our minds to him, our fingers to him, our, our, our feet to him. We're to submit ourselves to him. But be willing to submit yourself to his rule, his authority, his guidance, his teaching for your life. I mean, man, you, can, you begin to think about... I'm submitting myself to him. I'm looking to him and his word and saying, you know what? If your word says that's how I'm supposed to live, then that's what I'm going to do because I'm, that's how I submit myself. Right? And it's not, well, yeah, Lord, but, you know, uh, uh, Lord, I, I get all that, but I heard the Adam preached on that a few weeks ago, you know, that, uh, you can take, you know, I'm to love this and do that, you know, but, you know, this person has done me this way, you know, uh, so, so I can't, I can't do that, Lord. You want more grace? You need, you need grace in your life to be able to do some things that you can't do. Submit yourselves to him. Now, I'm, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to submit one of the, uh, as, I, as I've pondered some of this thought over the last number of uh, week or so, or thinking about some of these things, I thought about, you know, uh, what God teaches us 
and, uh, and, 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 you know, if we turn over to some other rules, and I'm not finished with this one yet, but if, if we think about another rule that I want to think about for a minute, because there's this, there's this paradox of how we, how we look at things sometimes and, and what we think about. And, and the rules of God's kingdom just operate differently. You know, and when the Bible says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, in one places, with all thy mind in other, in other places, uh, I think both of them are right, <laughs> of course, uh, that it was all to be with all of our might, all of our desire, all of our mind. Uh, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And the second uh, commandment is likened to it, love thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, in other words, treat your neighbors and your friends. Uh, you see somebody in need, and because then they wanted to know, well, who is my neighbor? And, of course, he talked about a man going down to Jericho and falling uh, uh, in among thieves and, uh, and uh, talks about the priest passed him by and the Levite passed him by and the poor old uh, uh, Samaritan came up uh, and found him, got him out of the ditch, carried him and put him up, and he said, who was his neighbor? Uh, who really took care of him was the one that actually did something for him. Uh, now, uh, uh, if you if you leave that out there by itself and think about uh, love thy love thy uh, uh, love God, love your neighbor, and in Matthew chapter seven, love your enemies and those that despitefully use you. There's always the challenge for most of us is to love our enemies and uh, and so forth. Uh, but then, but then, you know, the, the thing about the Word of God is, is if you don't kind of begin to, you know, you pick, you can pick pieces and parts out of it and you, and you miss something, you know, and, and I, and I don't want us to miss something out of it, out of God's Word. So the Bible says to love God, love our neighbors, love our enemies. Now to think about this portion of scripture also, Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. Uh, and he and he told them as they went uh, that there were going to be those that were out there that would oppose that would oppose them, and he says, "I want you to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves." Now, I, you know the the modern the modern vernacular. This is the Charles Kitchens version. Wise as serpents uh, would be, don't be stupid. Be care be careful out there who. <laughs> Who you trust. Be careful what you say, where you go. Be careful. Don't be, don't be, don't be wise. Use the wisdom God has given you and apply that to your, to your daily living. Uh, uh, but also be harmless. Don't be somebody out there fighting and carrying on and doing all those things. So while we're to love our neighbors, love our friends, and I'm not going to put the butt in there, but, uh, but we need to think uh, uh, also about other things that God has told us, that God has said. And remember, as you go out, don't lose all your wisdom. Don't go out there and just love uh, and, be, and be dumb about everything that you're doing. Uh, be careful as you go. Be wise as you go. Think about some things. Uh, as you go. All right. So he tells us here uh, that God gives grace. Uh, uh, he, he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Uh, you're wondering where God has gone in your life. Uh, where have you gone with God lately? Uh, have you drawn close to him? Are you, uh, as Brother Adam has encouraged us on Wednesday night, and as he does from the stand, and I trust I 
do too, but I use because we've been going through some things on Wednesday night. And he said, read God's word, study God's word. Why? Because uh, even if it's if you look at some of them, you say, well, I'm not sure what that means. It's going to be good for you just to read. Just read God's Word. Draw close to Him. Think about it. Meditate upon it. Look at those things. Uh, draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be careful what you're doing with your hands. Uh, you say, uh, you know, most sins uh, begin with your hands somewhere or another. And, uh, and, and you and I can probably think of some things uh, that I probably won't mention here from the stand. Uh, uh, but, you know, uh, when, you, when you take a hand, you ball it up to fist and punch somebody. Uh, I mean, cleanse your hands. Get rid of the things that, uh, that come into your hands that cause uh, sin in your life. Uh, uh, purify your hearts. Don't be double-minded. A double-minded man, the Bible tells us, uh, is unstable in all of his ways. Uh, a man that's wishy-washy. Today I'm here, tomorrow I'm there, over here, over there. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, ki- I'm kind today, but I'm mad tomorrow. Uh, I'm speaking sweet and soft words one day, and then, and then the next day I'm just letting it rip and roar and carry on. Double-minded. Uh, so he tells us here, uh, resist a draw nigh to God. Uh, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Uh, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted. Afflict yourself. And mourn and weep over what? Over your sins. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. People want to be praised when we get down before, on our knees before God and when we humble ourselves toward Him, God will lift you up in due time. Uh, he'll exalt you in due time. And so, uh, who do you want to be exalted by? By men or by God? Uh, and so, he tells us, humble yourselves and God will lift you up. Let's turn back over uh, to the book of Matthew. Uh, because some of these, some of these, we're talking about uh, living within the kingdom. The kingdom of God is, you know, we could go over to the Matthew 13 and there's uh, some things in there where it talks about the, uh, the kingdom of God is likened to. Uh, but let's turn over for a moment, if we can, uh, to the uh, 16th chapter of the book of Matthew and let's look at some things that are there. Now, you, uh, knowing all of you have heard the book of Matthew over the last not quite three years. I want to make sure it didn't last quite three years. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it, as, as you've heard some of that gone through over the last three, you should be familiar with these portions of Scripture. But he tells us in the 16th chapter of the book of Matthew, uh, the, the occasion and the, and the, and the, uh, uh, the event is... Uh, talking about uh, as, as Jesus is talking to the Sadducees and so forth and, and to the Pharisees. And finally they go to Caesarea Philippi with his disciples. Uh, and Jesus is asking his disciples, whom do men say that I am? That's verse 13. And uh, they said that some say thou art John the Baptist. Others uh, say that you are Elias. And others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. And he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? You know... Uh, it's one thing for people to, people to say, who is Jesus? Well, the world thinks this and the world thinks that. And, uh, you know, so many folks think this and so many folks think it. In your heart and in your mind, whom do ye say he is? 
And uh, if you think he's the Savior, if you believe he's the Son of God, you believe he's Jesus Christ, that's what Peter said. Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. And he says, and Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh, uh, Simon, son of Jonah, Barjona, uh, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this, uh, revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. When you recognize that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, Son of God, Savior, Christ, uh, in, in, in your life, the one you stand in need of, I want you, what you can do is not say, hey, Look what, I, look what I've done. No, you can humble yourself down and say, you know what? I know this because the Father's revealed it to me. Now, I may have, I may have learned it uh, through hearing the preaching of God's Word. I may have learned it through the, through this, uh, uh, the reading of God's Word. I may have came to know, come to more and more about this by, because my family was nice enough. Somebody in my family told me about this. You know, whatever the, whatever the case may be with you, ultimately in your heart, and the reason it lodged in your heart and you said, yes, that's right, I believe that, is because God has revealed it to you and because you have faith. Uh, you have the fruit of the Spirit and faith and you can believe things that you've never seen. Uh, I can stand here and tell you uh, this afternoon or this morning... I haven't seen Jesus Christ face to face. That still doesn't that still doesn't mean or that doesn't mean that I don't believe that he's real. Uh, I believe he's real. Why? One, I read about him. Uh, two, I felt him in my heart. Um, and, uh, and, and three, uh, as I think about it, I've seen him working in other people in my life and so forth. So he's real. He's real to me as anything that you could imagine or think of, maybe uh, uh, that you've never seen. He's real. Jesus Christ, he says, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus Christ. You know, I thought, you think about this. This is one of those uh, think about it things, I guess. Uh, but as I, was, as I was thinking again and meditating upon some of these, do you remember the occasion where the, uh, the, where the disciples were out in the boat on the Sea of Galilee and Jesus came walking to them on the water? <clears throat> he did that. Before his disciples, yet I can, yet I can, yet I can show you in another occasion where he he took a, he, he he was on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. There was a great multitude gathered around him, and he gets into a boat and launches out a little bit from the shore, and he sat down in the boat to teach all the people that were there. He would have drawn a much bigger crowd if he'd have just walked out on the water and turned around and began to preach to them. You know what? I mean, that would have got their attention that day. <clears throat> but he wasn't here to be a braggart. And he wasn't here to show and boast about just who he was. He was so much like this. He says, don't tell anybody that I'm the Christ. <clears throat> He could have, think of what he could have done. 
when he, when, he, uh, when he raised Lazarus from the grave, great event. But he didn't go and draw a big crowd there, they, although there were people gathered around. He didn't go out and announce it out in the community. Well, I'm going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Everybody come and see. I'm going to walk out on the water. No, he walked out on the water and, and calmed his disciples down in the midst of a storm and delivered them from those things. You begin to see what I'm talking about. There's, there's ways he could have done. You think what he could have done. Uh, uh, you think about the things that, uh, how, did, how did he come into this world? We know how he went out. Now he was gathered together. There was a little gathering of, of, of the disciples and maybe a few other believers. He was standing on a mountaintop and the Bible says he just ascended up into the clouds. And the Bible says he went home to be. He went home to the the Lord. And he says uh, the the angel says, "Why do you men of Galilee stand here gazing upward? This one that you've seen go away will come again in like manner one day. One of these days, he's going to come in the clouds. But how did he come this time? He came into the family of a uh, of a carpenter and uh, and a lady that uh, had never been with a man." And he came into a place where he was born in a uh, in a in a feedlot uh, in in the back part of a of a of an inn where they were staying out with the animals, and he was laid in a manger, a feed trough. When he was born, that's where he was laid. That's where he was. That's where he rested. That's how he came into the world. He didn't come in the, with, you know, you say, well, why didn't he come the first time in the clouds and get everybody's attention? Because that wasn't his purpose. He, he, wants to show, he wants to show how the kingdom works. And the kingdom works in humility and in grace and peace and so forth. And, and there's something else. We'll get, to, we'll get to that as we get down through here. But you see, he came humbly. He didn't come walking on the water. He didn't come through the clouds. He came, of course, I know that you can say, well, the Bible says that he would be born of a virgin. So he had to come that way. Well, okay, I'll, I'll grant you that. Uh, but I'm saying he could have he announced it some other way. Uh, he could have prophesied it some other way. Uh, he came in the way that he wanted to show that as King of kings and Lord of lords and creator of the universe and Savior of his people, yet he came into this world in a humble way. No big fancy, uh, I guess you could say, probably the greatest birth announcement in the world because he had an angel band coming up here. But you know, the angel band didn't appear in downtown Jerusalem. Uh, they came to some shepherds that were out in the field. He came to some humble, poor shepherds and announced that he's come into this world. There were some wise men that noticed his star in the east and made a great journey. And they came to see this one that was born king of the Jews. Okay, so here in the 17th chapter, he tells them, he charged his disciples, they should, not, they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ, uh, uh, Jesus the Christ. And from that, time forth, uh, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into under Jerusalem, suffer many things of the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. From that point, he began to teach them, here's why I'm come. He's, he suffered. He was treated badly. Uh, and, he told, and he told his disciples, they put me to death. 
don't be surprised if they t- put you to death, okay? Uh, they've run me out of the temple. Don't be surprised they run you out of the temple. Uh, and so, and then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, and though... Uh, but those that be of men. Uh, see, as we look at this, uh, one of the things that we're, one of the things that we can get out of this is savoring and and admiring and adoring the fact that Jesus Christ was was put to death by worldly forces, right? Uh, he was put to death by the men of this world who felt like you know what you're intruding on our kingdom. Our kingdom, we got this nice little, good little setup here, uh, Jesus. Uh, we've got all the people. They come. We make sacrifices. They make their donations and, and so forth. And you're coming in here kind of upsetting our little kingdom that we got going. Uh, and so Jesus began to tell them that he was going to suffer many things at the hands of these people. And Peter began to rebuke him and tell him, can you imagine rebuking? I mean, we probably do in some ways ourselves, okay? Uh, but can you imagine rebuking the creator of the universe and your savior? <clears throat> Peter, uh, Peter immediately, uh, the Lord immediately looks at Peter and says, Satan, get out of here. Get behind. Now, he wasn't saying that Peter was Satan, okay? But he was operating in a spirit of the world and a spirit of, of, of Satan at that time and the things that he was saying. And then Jesus said unto his disciples... If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Self-denial. Principle of the kingdom, okay? Principle of this kingdom of God is humbling yourself to be exalted. Self-denial. Taking up your cross, whatever that might be. The cross might be your very... Part of the cross you might have to take up is the pro, the cross of yourself. The cross of who you are. Denying yourself. Now, take that, pick that thing up uh, and follow after him. Or maybe you say, well, I, what I want to do is get rid of the cross of me. Uh, well, take up whatever it is, whatever burden it is that you're bearing and go and follow him. And he tells us here, uh, uh, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Now, there's a paradox. The way to save my life is to lose my life. If I don't know I've got more than one life, uh, I'm going to have trouble deciphering that, okay? But if, when I understand that I have a life that comes from Jesus Christ through the new birth and that the only way I'm going to save that life and to really enjoy that life while I'm here is I'm going to have to lose my life here. I'm going to have to lose some of the things that seem so important to me and for my kingdom, because I want my kingdom to operate under my rules and under my authority and on the way I want it done. <coughs> and the only way I can truly enjoy his kingdom is to lose, lose a little bit of my life, right? Let him, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For, for what is a man profited if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? 
what have, what have I really what have I really gained? You know the the whole thing about this about life here. Sister Marsha and I were talking about this conversation the other day. We were visiting in the hospital when Brother Bucky was over there. And then she brought up her classmate had died. Uh, but me, me and her were talking about the fact we were talking about you know what age some of us are these days. And you start looking around and you say, well, that fellow over there that died, he's about my age. Uh, uh, that fellow, he's about my brother's age. He's about my sister's age or whatever, you know, and you start looking around. And when you start looking like me back over 63 years, and then you start looking and said, you know, another 10 or 15 years is really not all that far off. Life gets real. Life gets real for you. And he, t- and he tells us, as, as we're looking here, what has a man profited if he gained? Is, when, when I die, <laughs> whenever that time is, whenever I die, whenever you die, you know what? There's not a thing, you know, you say, well, Brother Charles, of course, you, you've heard this all your life. You know, you can't take it with you when you go. Well, that's the truth, right? So if you gain the whole world, if you gain everything this world has got to offer, what's it going to benefit you? And if you do gain the whole world, and now let's just put on our, our, our uh, you know, Trump hats or put on our Bloomberg hats or put on or what. If you gain the whole world, uh, you know, what do you really got? Who are you indebted to? Who do you owe what to? <laughs> Who who are who are you who are you molding yourself after? You see where I'm going with all this? What has a man what has a man gained? What has a man profited if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? <clears throat> or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What what do you what's what's more important to you? What's important? You know the 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 meaning of life to you. What did you come here for today? What did you look to gain? What did you look to give? What were you hoping for this morning? Uh, well, I came because I had to. <laughs> uh, some, of, some of the little ones out there, if I could really get them to be honest, they'd say, well, Mom and Daddy made us come, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and that's okay. Uh, they need to be trained in a certain way. They need to learn things that are important, and they also need to be taught why they're important. You say, well, they won't understand that right now. That's okay. They will. Uh, they will in time understand the importance of these things that self-denial, even on a Sunday morning, a little bit of self-denial uh, is good for us. Take up your cross and follow him. Take up your cross and serve him. So he says, for what is a man profit if he gained the whole world, losing his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the, in the glory of his Father with his angels. Then he shall reward every man according to his works. There, verily I say unto you, there shall be some standing here that shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. And that's not, and that's not talk, that's not talking about that second coming, but that's talking about His first coming in the kingdom that He brought into existence while He was here. There were some standing there then that were going to see His kingdom in all of its glory, in all of its power, in all of its honor. So. Uh, as we look at some of this thing uh, here today, uh, you think about uh, what we've talked about, or at least what we've talked about so far. Uh, first of all, uh, except a man humble himself, if a man will humble himself before God, he shall be exalted. That's different from the way it is. You know, in the, in the world that we live in today, self-promotion is everything. 
You got to get out and tout yourself and, and, and brag on yourself and tell everybody how good you are and what you've done. He says, in the kingdom of God, the way to be exalted is to humble yourself. And so the, so part of our question, uh, you know, for us on a daily basis, which kingdom are we living in? Which kingdom, which kingdom are we operating in today? And which one do we want to operate in? He says, uh, uh, humble yourselves, verse 10, James chapter 4, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art a doer of the law, but it, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's one lawgiver. We could go on with some of those things. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. He'll lift you up. You want to you want to get closer to the Lord than you've ever been in your life. You say, well, that's why we came here on Sunday morning. Well, the way we the way we get closer to Him than we've ever been uh, is to humble ourselves. To see He is the ruler and the reigner of all things. Here a few weeks ago. Here a few weeks ago, we talked about, and these are just some some principles of the way the kingdom operates. The kingdom operates so much differently than anything else that we've ever been that we've ever been around in our lives. Uh, he tells us that we're not to despise God's little ones. We're not to despise them. But I say unto you, they're, they're angels in heaven do always behold the face of the Father. So uh, these little ones are so important to Him. God's little children are so important to him. He says, Jesus says, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called, or the question was asked to Jesus. And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. There's There's a way and a heart and a mind and a spirit in a way that we enter in to worship Him. And the way he, the way we actually get closer to Him is not by saying, look at who I am and look at what I've done and going around, look at all the things I've done, but look at all the things He's done. Look at what He's done for you. Uh, I, hope, I hope one of these days, uh, you know, I guess one of the best things, one of the best things is sometimes... Uh, you may or may not ever know in your life who all you've had influence on. And hopefully a good influence. There may be people that you've influenced that you know nothing about. And that's okay. It's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you knowing. It's only about serving the Lord and doing the things that He would He would have us to do. So He tells us here that the, the kingdom principles, the kingdom operates differently. Uh, than than the kingdoms of this world. And so as we go out this week, think about having a more humble spirit, a kinder spirit, a more gracious spirit. Think about how God came into this world, what He's done for you, what He's done for me. He was uh, was so humble and so gracious that he uh, He even submitted Himself to the death of the cross because that's what the Father required. What does the Father require of you? What does He want you to submit yourself to today? Submit yourself to Him. Submit yourself to His way of doing. Uh, anyway, I was going to say a few weeks ago, I'll try to wrap this up. Uh, we were talking about, uh, the, again, the foundation. 
you know, how the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone and how he's the foundation that the church is built on. First Corinthians chapter three, he asked them, as Brother Derek was saying here a few weeks ago too, you know, not to be worshiping men. Uh, they were saying some were of Paul, some of Apollos, some of Cephas, some were of Christ. He said Jesus Christ is the foundation. The foundation principles of the kingdom are the teachings of Jesus Christ. What did Jesus Christ teach us to do? How did he teach us to operate? What's the example that he set? He didn't set one of arrogance, you know, even show, even showmanship, if you will. You think what he could have done, you know, to, to have gathered a crowd. What he did was he walked gently through the various parts of that country, told some folks, to come and follow me. Come and follow come and follow me. Come and follow me. And today I'll say he's still calling to folks and saying, Come and follow me. Follow me. <clears throat> follow my teachings. Follow my way of life. Follow the example that I've set before you. And uh, we'll find out a little bit more about the kingdom. Why are we here? Shouldn't we I, if I want to know about if I want to know about the things of this world, I I can I can turn on the TV and I can learn all about it, right? Uh where else, where are you going to learn about how to live and, and live for God and His kingdom? You're going to learn about it here. And so uh, we need to be setting that up as, why are, why are we here? We're to learn more about Him and to learn how to follow Him and learn to take it out that door and, and use it at home, use it at school, use it in our friendships, use it, in our, use it with our enemies uh, so that we know how to better operate in this old world like He would have us operate looking for the day when the kingdoms of this world will be swallowed up for us by his kingdom. May God bless you is our prayer.